0: Hello and welcome to Light Body Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Lara May. And today I have with me an Ayurvedic practitioner that specializes in sleep coaching. So I'm super excited. This is going to be a really interesting conversation. I will let um, her tell you her name because it's a beautiful name and I don't want to butcher it. Hello, what is your name? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hi. So I am Vitote Lutkevichute. Beautiful, beautiful. So she is an Ayurvedic sleep coach on a
0: mission to help those who struggle with sleep to recalibrate their sleep cycles and regain their energy. Having herself suffered from insomnia for six years, she now uses ancient Ayurvedic wisdom and yoga nidra to guide herself and others to the realms of rest. She advocates reorganizing our daily routines in a way that leaves more space for rest and self-care. It is through slowing down that we are able to tend to our bodies in an impactful way, enjoy optimal health, and live our best lives. Vatute lives in Belgium with her husband and two kids. And when she's not geeking out on the ancient Vedic sciences, you can find her hanging out in the forest, sipping chai, and taking care of her little ones. Welcome. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited to talk about this today.
1: Thank you, Lara. Uh, I'm really happy to be here today. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Um, And um, yeah, so uh, just a quick introduction about how Ayurveda came to be in my life. Um, So um, I first... um, discovered it when I stumbled uh, upon a podcast that I really, really loved. And that was, um, I think, mid a, uh, 2018. So my son, um, I have two kids and my younger son, he uh, he was still a baby. And I remember I was still on my maternity leave and I discovered this podcast and um, I really binged listened to it. And it was... It was called the Simple Ayurveda Podcast. Um, I still recommend it today to everyone that I meet (laughs) as a great resource. Um, And it was like um, I was listening to it and it was like everything that was in it was already something that was known to me on some level. Everything that I was learning about Ayurveda seemed to make so much sense Um, and and it was just like a shoe that fit for me. And um, I dove straight into it. Um, I started, like, I signed up for this introductory program. Then I signed up for a 300-hour program um, <clears throat> to become an Ayurvedic health counselor. And, um, yeah, and it just kind of really picked up uh, from there. And um, the the beautiful thing... Um, that started happening once I started applying Ayurveda in my life is that I started seeing cause and effect in my life between the actions and the outcome. Um, And it kind of like started changing my life. Like I started to um, introduce little changes. um, And um, yeah, little by little, like I, I am like crafting this, crazy life of my dreams which is which is really amazing. <laughs>
0: yeah, I love it. I love it. So, let's start by talking about um the role of sleep mm-hmm. in our physical <laughs> and mental health and and specifically in the context of Ayurveda. So, tell us about that.
1: <clears throat> yeah, so maybe I know that you did um, already before several episodes with an Ayurvedic practitioner. So um, your listeners will probably know what Ayurveda is, but in case somebody new is tuning in, um, I can just really quickly um, uh, say that it's um, Ayurveda is an ancient comprehensive health system. Um, that originated in India a long, long, long time ago, about 5,000 years ago. And um, it's very holistic in character. So it means that it looks at a patient from a global perspective. So we take into account their diet, their sleep, how they spend their energy in in the day. Um, Also, their emotional well-being is somebody going through important changes right now, because all these things will add up to give a certain health um environment you know in, in your body and your mind um and so sleep is one of the key pillars of health in ayurveda it's the one that everything stands on like our health stands on um and um your listeners might be familiar with um with the concepts of the yin and yang, which uh, are used very much in Chinese traditional medicine, Ayurveda has a similar idea. Um, there are two um, like cosmic principles of Soma and Agni. So Soma is like the nectar, which would be the yin principle, and Agni is the fire principle. So everything that denotes, you know, action, the doing, the accomplishing, the running, all all the yang things in our life. So sleep is that which gives us the soma, right? Um, It is that in which we rejuvenate and we get our nectar. Because everything else that happens usually in our day is all Agni? It's a lot of Yang. We live in a very young, dominated society. So, um, from the Ayurvedic perspective, sleep is um, is our chance to to you know to to rejuvenate and have a rest from from all the fiery things that are going going on. Um, and um modern science like now there are more and more studies uh being done on sleep and there are already like 17,000 studies um that have been um <clears throat> that have been um published and um they show that sleep is the single most effective thing that we can do to reset our brain and our body's health out of everything that we can do taking supplements exercising eating right sleep is the single most effective thing so if we need to pick one thing it's the sleep um and um this can be explained so beautifully because it makes it just makes so much sense like not only um sleep is needed for every single biological function in our body there isn't a single biological function that doesn't benefit from a good night's sleep but also, sleep makes us less impulsive. So, for example, that goes for the choices that we make throughout the day. We can be eating all the right things, but if we are sleep deprived, eventually we will crack and we will start, you know, being impulsive um, in in the foods that we choose or the beverages that we choose. Um, also, when it comes to mental health, it, it's the same. Like as, as a parent, I can certainly relate when I was sleep deprived, sometimes it still happens that I have a bad night and I am sleep deprived. My reactions to what is happening around me will be very different to, you know, the times that I am fully rested. So, um, this just makes a lot of, a lot of sense to me. Um, and, um, Yeah, another thing Ayurveda um, teaches that good sleep plays an important role in us feeling satisfied as human beings. So it's, um, again, if we go back to these principles of Soma and Agni, Agni, fire is always burning and it always wants more. And it's like, a human being as well you know when we're doing a lot of things we, it's, we feel like it's never enough it's never enough you know and so sleep and rest um, during the day as well moments of rest if we schedule them in that can beautifully balance out that constant wanting more because I guess we can all agree that being in that state where things are never enough never good enough is terrible <laughs> It certainly doesn't make us very happy. Um, And actually from the scientific perspective as well, um, lack of sleep has shown to um, suppress um, a hormone that is called leptin, which is uh, responsible for us feeling um, uh, satiated. I wonder if Mm -hmm. I'm saying that right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, when we're feeling yes. full. Yeah. Yes. So um basically the less sleep we get, the more we will want to eat. So so I mean, you know, Ayurveda says um has this idea that sleep helps us feel satisfied human beings, and science also shows that that is indeed true. So, I love it.
0: That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I think, you know, it's so true what you said about, um, you know, especially in the Western world, we're so go, 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 you know, 24 usable hours in every single day. And I know for myself, I worked, uh, you know, a graveyard shift for um, about 10 years total, all in all. And I was in complete denial about the impact that had on my health. On my body, on you know, my mental state. And so I it's so important for us to pay homage and give attention to our sleep. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just, I feel like this is such a good timely conversation. Um, and it's so crazy that we've gotten so used to like just living in a state of sleep deprivation. And then that's completely socially acceptable when we know, like, we know that it's dangerous to, you know, that we put our lives at risk and other lives at risk when we are not well rested, whether that's just as for something as simply as like driving on the street, or even, you know, like showing up to work, depending on, you know, like what we do, like sleep deprivation is is dangerous both for our personal well-being, but also for those around us. So I think this has a lot of social implications also.
1: Yeah, just to illustrate this point, um, when you spoke of the danger, um, there was a funny anecdote that I remember um, from a book I was reading um, <clears throat> that apparently the World Guinness Book of Records, they will not accept um a record for the most sleep deprived person like they they don't even allow that because it's too dangerous to to be you know reaching for that goal to yeah. to be to to feech- to be featured as a winner of that
0: <laughs> because yeah. likely
1: the winner will be that <laughs> so um it's just to illustrate like they will let people you know jump off buildings but they will not let people deprive themselves of sleep to reach a record so and
0: i yeah i think they actually use sleep deprivation as like an interrogation and torture tool also so (laughs) like if that tells you anything that we can unfortunately you know like treat our enemies in such a way with one tool sleep deprivation I, that, I think that's you know says speaks a lot as well. Um, so yeah. So how can we um, start to sort of come back to establishing? a good sleep hygiene. That's what we call it in the, you know, allopathic world, sleep hygiene. So it's such a clinical term. It's so cold. Um, but so how do we start to create that for ourselves? What What do you suggest? And then um I definitely at some point also want to talk about Yoga Nidra. So. Yeah, we'll com- we'll come back to that too. So, but let's <laughs> start with sleep hygiene, and then we'll go to yoga nidra.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure. So um, Ayurveda loves sleep hygiene. It's not actually the term that is used there, but I'm also using this term more and more because I feel like people um, in our society are more open to that term, uh, even though what is meant by that term is exactly what Ayurveda is asking for us to do if we want to sleep well. So the first <clears throat> the first thing would be to um, have a daily rhythm. That is very, very important. And that goes for th- the same as for your digestion uh, as for sleep. Eating at uh, fixed hours every day and going to bed at a fixed hour every day. That is incredibly, incredibly important. Um, because our bodies really love structure, they thrive when there's structure, they like knowing what is coming next, because then they can prepare. So our, for our biological function, that is really, really key. Um, and um, um, yeah, so uh, going to bed at the same time, Eating at the same time that having having this framework really really helps um, in Ayurvedic terms to rein in the the element of um, air, which is represented by the Vata dosha. Uh, your readers who are um, who have heard a little bit about Ayurveda will know that uh, Vata dosha is is like wind, so it's very mobile, it's very quick. And it's the same dosha that when out of balance gives you insomnia and gives you anxiety. So when that is happening in your body, um, having a daily rhythm is very, very helpful because it's like a container to um, contain all that extra wind. And it really um, is very grounding. Uh, So that's the first thing. another thing that i see a lot um when i talk to people who are sleep deprived is the consumption of caffeine and watching your intake of caffeine there is um so much hidden caffeine that also that people are not really um aware of so they will typically think of coffee but there are also energy drinks a surprising amount of people are still drinking those. Um, oh, yeah. oh there's... yeah. Way too much, especially in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially sometimes I'm working also with women who work longer shifts and unfortunately they kind of feel like they really need it to make it through the end of their shift and and that's very, um, that, that can be quite detrimental. So um, it's often very, um, helpful to work with somebody who can, um, who can, um, craft a solution that, you know, that would give you the energy, um, but would not rob you of your resources in a way, because that is what happens when we consume caffeine. It's like living on credit. You know, we get the illusion that we have all this extra energy, but it's only the illusion that we have it. It's not actually like our body does not have the energy, (laughs) but we end Mm -hmm. up spending it, right? Because then we're like, oh, Mm -hmm. we're stimulated. And then we can like do all those things really fast. And um, we use up our inner resources. And and then we just become depleted a lot faster. and another thing to um, uh, to mention about caffeine is that caffeine has in in like a healthy um, adult human body, it has a half life of about five hours. So it means that if you have an afternoon cup of coffee, by the time you're going to bed, you you are done processing, eliminating just half of the caffeine that you consumed. So another half is still doing its job stimulating you further so especially if you have trouble falling asleep then um really watch like keep your afternoon caffeine free and the same goes for green tea as well and black tea they they have less caffeine but still and dark chocolate as well
0: mm, yeah <laughs> And that one is, so I, um, I did a Panchakarma cleanse back in September mm-hmm. and I've been caffeine free ever since. Mm-hmm. And, um, I thought it was going to be a lot harder than it was, but I, I gave myself like a week prior to the Panchakarma to start weaning myself off. And so then during the week long experience, there wasn't any caffeine available anyway. So then like once I was, once I completed it and I came home, I'm like, okay, well, I just want to see how I, how my life goes without it. And um, yeah, I, I, I do feel a lot better. I feel more even keel. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's so funny, like that we live, really, we exist on caffeine for so probably so many years of our life that we forget what it's like to be without it and that we can feel good throughout the day. Um, that we don't have to have the you know the peaks and then the crashes, mm-hmm. and so, um, so what would you suggest if someone did want to experiment with weaning off of caffeine? Are there other and and let's say like maybe there still is like that afternoon slump, or um, maybe you know for like someone like a um, someone in healthcare that works those longer shifts or maybe even fighting fires or whatever it is, you know when we have those slumps, what do you can, is there something that we can do that's not caffeine that would still give us a little bit um, of endurance for the rest of our shift or the day or whatever? Um,
1: yeah. So um, for the long shifts, I'm sorry, I would forgotten your first question. Um, so it was, it was the it. long
0: yeah, what can we do? Is there like something that we can do um instead of caffeine that would help us? Ah, like- yeah, the weaning off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So the the weaning off, um, it really depends. There are people who are in the camp of I want to cut everything cold turkey. I want to go off it and I don't wanna, you know, I don't wanna tempt myself. And then there are people who are really attached to it that will say, um, uh, like for them, um for them cutting everything um, off at once is very traumatic, especially if their body is also used to receiving a lot of caffeine um, daily. So then I advise to either start, um, first always start with the afternoon because that is what um, what is the most detrimental um, for sleep. So I will, for example, ask if they're they're used to having three cups of coffee per day. Um, So then I will ask them to start by cutting one, uh, the latest one they're having in the afternoon. Um, Another option can be um, make half cups. So actually having the same amount of cups per day, but reducing the dose to having half a cup and then maybe a little bit less, and then maybe just, you know, the, uh, like they drink in Italy, the ristretto, but of normal coffee. <laughs> um, but for some people um, cutting everything uh, at once is more uh, more doable. So it's, you can also try and test it, whichever way works for you best. And then when it comes to longer shifts, um, what can be really, really effective is um, practicing yoga nidra before your shift. Oh, that's interesting. Say more about yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And actually, this is um, in relation to um, caffeine. I mean, we can we can kind of jump into the yoga nidra from here. Yeah. Um, because often people resort to coffee in this afternoon slump. And what I started doing um, when I started using yoga nidra as a tool to help my sleep is that instead of afternoon coffee, um, I would have a yoga nidra session. So it takes just a little bit longer than it would take you to drink your cup of coffee so you can have a recording of 15 minutes. Um, and that will actually, that will actually replenish your resources and it will give you enough energy, it will energize you in a much deeper way than a coffee would. And so if you have a very long shift ahead of you, it would be great if you could um, factor in like a a yoga nidra practice before, uh, or even if you have time like uh, for a break during your shift, that would be perfect. They actually started doing that with, with pilots it wasn't yoga nidra but was it was another um type of micro it was i think a micro nap that they were testing um so with pilots um who were boarding a flight that was super long um they found in the study that if they would have like a preventive nap they called it a preventive nap they would be much better, like they they would last much better throughout the flight and would remain much more energetic and alert at the end of the flight. Whereas if they wait until the moment where they're they're already in the slump and where they're already tired, that would be less beneficial. So kind of like having um, a preventive preventive nap. <laughs> preventive yoga nidra yeah. <laughs> although that's not a thing but um
0: <laughs> i really like that though um because and i will even say you know um i think this is a great transition too because i think some people would even say well it's really hard for me to nap like i you know it's hard for me to fall asleep it's hard for me to take a nap but that's one of the things that i love about yoga nidra too is that because of how it like talks down and you like you're getting into intentional relaxation, it really is really powerful to help turn that brain off and allow your body to relax. So tell us what yoga nidra
1: is. So yoga nidra is um, translated from Sanskrit. It just means yogic sleep. And what it is, it's um, a deep sleep state with awareness retained. So basically we put your body into a deep sleep state, your body is sleeping, but your mind is awake. You're awake, you you understand what is happening. And um, this is done, yoga nidra is actually um, uh, an ancient and a very advanced yogic technique. So it, it should be understood as such, like, it's not per se, um, like a, a, an app or a tool to cure insomnia. That's not what it is. It's actually a very advanced yogic technique. Um, however, it is very, very accessible to everyone. Um, which is why it's wonderful that it is accessible to, um, to people who are not even into yoga. Um, and, um, and especially to people who um, have lost sleep, who are sleep deprived or in, insomniacs. Um, and um, the beauty of it is that you lie down, you relax and you listen to the voice. That is all you have to do. Um, and it's, uh, that voice will kind of guide you through a sort of a body scan. It's a bit more nuanced than a body scan. It's done in a very intentional way um but your mind will remain alert most people when um i use yoga nidra with my clients most of them fall asleep because most of them are sleep deprived (laughs) because i work mostly with people who are sleep deprived um and that's okay it's it's not how yoga nidra was meant um but it, if that happens to you, th- there, that's not a problem. And usually, yoga nidra, a practice of yoga nidra, will give us whatever we need the most in this moment. So if it happens to be uh, a dream, or um, you know, or just a very nice nap, that's okay. Like you're getting all the benefits that your body and mind need the most. Um, yeah. So so that's that's the beauty of this practice. Um, and um, what happens to us when we are in the yoga nidra state is that our brain activity can go to um, the slowest and most rejuvenating brain uh, brainwave states. So uh, that would be the delta waves, which are Um, when we are in this deep, when our brain is in this deep sleep state, that is when um, most healing happens. And um, that's why when we emerge from this yoga nidra state, we feel like we have rested super, super well. So that's why I said that a short session of yoga nidra will rejuvenate you and energize you way more than a cup of coffee it's a totally different kind of energy um yeah and um Yeah, I was just going to say I can completely
0: uh, attest to that because I started doing yoga nidra on my breaks at work. So I still Mm -hmm. work a few days in the hospital and our shifts are anywhere from 10 to 12 hours. And so, you know, like, like you said, it doesn't have to be long, just 15 minutes, but I come out of that 15 minutes feeling like so refreshed, so rejuvenated and more present and really, you know, able to sort of like move through the rest of my day without this sluggish feeling, without that feeling of sleep deprivation or even like sometimes when you're sleep deprived and then you caffeinate you like I don't know about all of you out there but I sometimes feel like an out of body thing <laughs> that <happens>. Yeah, that's, <laughs> like you know, I know I'm, I'm awake <laughs> yeah like I know like I'm just like moving through the day and going through the motions but I don't really feel like in my body sometimes mm-hmm. when in the past when I would live that way I'm on a consistent basis so It can be a really powerful tool to start to implement into your daily life, um, especially in the middle of the day. So, yeah, I definitely would say try it out. Go for it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, um, I think for people who are sleep deprived, the best time to practice it is either in the morning if you have a chance, if you had a bad night. You know that's that's a really good time if you can squeeze in 15 minutes before you start your day because then your day will just be different like you will not feel this um you will not have this feeling that you know your day should be written off and feeling like a complete train wreck <laughs> before the day even started or this early afternoon um that is a great time to practice it um my personal experience um showed me that practicing Yoga Nidra in the evening is not the best for me and for some of my clients because that gives you this extra energy. Um, so then it can kind of um sometimes mess your um mess your sleep pattern a little bit um in the evening in terms of being tired at 10pm, which is my time when I am always trying to, you know, be in bed, that's my fixed bedtime. Um, but you you can try different uh, options and see if that works for you. If you manage to come out of the nidra state, feeling just the relaxation w- without this extra energy that could um, that could work in the evening as well.
0: Do you think it's a tool that could be used for those that are have a hard time going to falling asleep do you think yoga nidra could be something they could use and then just if ideally it helps them fall asleep and then they just stay asleep hopefully is the goal right
1: actually i know people who use yoga nidra recordings in, in the middle of night wakings when they can't go to bed that never really worked for me because i don't like having a device near me um so and i don't want to put on a screen and and you know um but if that works for you that's great um i think once you regularly uh practice yoga nidra it really helps you to kind of focus your thoughts um and direct the influx of thoughts um which can be really helpful if your mind is going like dun 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 dun, and you you can't go to sleep. So I think by doing this practice regularly, you're developing a very important skill which will help you um, with with your you know falling asleep with the anxiety um, that and and the influx of thoughts that sometimes visits during that time
0: yeah um do you use any uh herbs or any adaptogens with your clients in terms of helping them sort of mm, I don't know what the word is ad- um adapt <laughs> to uh <laughs> to being someone that's act, you know like embracing the sleep instead of <laughs> the alternative
1: yeah so i I really love Um, the herbalism part of Ayurveda. Um, I really, really enjoyed um, studying it. Um, However, the way I was taught um, was that herbs come as an auxiliary. It's never the first thing that I would suggest to my client because the first thing is that they um, implement a routine routine they work on their eating habits, on their mindful eating, um, on their sleep. If I see that um, for example, if somebody is like constipated and they have chronic constipation for many, many years and uh, we implement the lifestyle changes and I see that um, month after month it doesn't get that much better, then I will call in the herbs as an auxiliary, but I will, because often humans are funny you know because sometimes um uh if we know that there's a herb that we can take that will make it better we don't want to do the work you know (laughs) oh yeah absolutely and i yeah i think that's
0: part of our culture too especially western culture like oh there's this thing i can take instead of changing all the things that i need to change that will completely reverse whatever is bothering me i'm just going to take this herb this pill whatever and it will fix it yeah. and then I don't yeah. have to
1: change. <laughs> exactly. There is this amazing um um amazing um combination of herbs, you probably know it, called trifala. Um yeah, you know it. It's yes. for, oh, yes. for 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 your listeners, it's it's an ayurvedic formula for um for constipation and basically, you know, if if you have some um usually, the next morning, you will have your bowel movement. And so it's funny, I also sometimes catch myself thinking, yeah, maybe I will have popcorn tonight, and then I can just take some trifle in the evening, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's this, like, human mind that always, um, when it knows there is an easy solution, we tend to... um... So this is to illustrate that um, I'm very conservative with herbs. I don't I give like them it.
0: out easily. Yeah. Well, and I think that also illustrates too just like the different approach that Ayurveda takes when it comes to rebalancing us, because that's really to me a lot of what Ayurveda is is understanding. You know, um, I think it's called prakriti, which is mm. like the your the nature of your doshas like from when you were born, essentially, right? So your baseline. Yeah. And then, and then throughout the years, we come, we become out of balance in certain ways. So to me, our is like restoring balance mm-hmm. from this very holistic perspective. And yes, like, like you said, the whole, we do that by changing our actions, our food, our lifestyle first, because that's what created the imbalance to begin with. Exactly. So yeah. So yes, herbs can be used as a tool, but uh, it's just interesting that they're they're not the very first number one tool
1: <laughs> yeah I mean sometimes sometimes they're really needed um but um in in my practice it's not um the first resort
0: <laughs> yeah no I think that's, yeah. that's that's great all right so Walt, we're coming up to the end of the episode is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you want to bring
1: forward and shed some light on Um, I think just a more general invitation um, to kind of evaluate a little bit um, the yin and the yang in our lives. And if you notice that you're too much in the yang, too much in the agni, and too much running the story of I'm not doing enough, um, I'm not this or that enough and I don't have enough. Um, then um, calling in a little bit, um, calling in more of um, of the soma, more of the yin. And there are many practices to do that. Um, but yoga nidra can be a very powerful tool um, to bring in more of that slow, non-doing, still quality to your day if you're feeling that you are living in the rush and you don't like it. So um, that's just my invitation for everyone to try it. It's very easily accessible. There are plenty of resources for free and um, everyone should know about it.
0: Awesome. So tell people where they can find you.
1: Sure. So people can find me on um, leanonayurveda.com. Um, that's my website. And um, um, and then on Instagram, uh, my handle is leanonayurveda as well.
0: Okay. And um, all that will be in the show notes. So if any of you are out there looking for it, um, you can go to drlaramay.com forward slash podcast to find this episode and all the show notes. So yes, well, thank you so much. Today was a fantastic and enlightening and I really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, we appreciate your time and your expertise so much. And um, thank you so much. Is there anything else?
1: No, thank you. Thank you, Lara, uh, for having me. This was um, a very fun conversation. I really, really love talking about it. And um, I hope your listeners enjoyed it. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks.